Hello and welcome to our Business in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Rowena Danes. As we approach the end of 2022, one of the most significant themes we've seen this year is transformation, whether in response to ESG, a shift to digital, changing regulations, or especially in recent months, driven by a need for cost efficiencies, the scale, pace and expectations seem to only ever increase. But delivering on it is a different challenge. We are still seeing real resource pinch points following the Great Resignation, and now with rising costs and inflation, budgets are also under scrutiny. Ambitious transformation may feel needed now more than ever, but will the realities of achieving it really push C-suite to lose their long-held optimism bias on the opportunity? Well, not necessarily. Today, we're going to be taking a closer look at how the method that you use to achieve your ambition is just as important as that end goal. And we'll be digging into the importance of relationships and making sure your people are kept part of that journey. Joining me today are Richard Bales, PwC UK's National Leader of Governance, Risk and Compliance, and Mercedes Bermejo Alvarez, Global Head of Internal Audit for Ferroglobe. Hello both, thanks very much for joining us in our virtual studio today. Hi Rowena. Hello, great to be here. Um, Mercedes, the work that you've done at Peraglobe is going to be a fascinating exploration of the art of the possible. And before we get into the details and specifics of this particular example, I'd like to take a moment just to help set the scene against that balancing act we're really seeing at the moment, where the internal need for transformation to be more secure or resilient, to improve the use of technology and insights, or to drive efficiencies, is really coming up against that market pressure and challenge. Um, Richard, how are we seeing the ambitions of business to transform changing as a result of that current market environment and its new or evolving challenges? Um, well, that's quite a big question, really. I mean, the space where I focus is really helping organisations design the right shaped and, and resilient governance, risk and control systems. Um, the triggers that I would ordinarily see are very simple, actually. It's uh, firstly regulation. So uh, by way of example, in the UK, the corporate governance standard is evolving to uh, a new expectation that will, will reveal itself in time. Um, secondly, uh, transformation. So most organisations I deal with uh, have some form of digital transformation ongoing. Uh, and really, those want to be designed right first time from a controls perspective. And then finally, new stakeholder expectations. So a good example of that might be the disclosure requirements that will be necessary in ESG, for example, by, uh, by boards um, in the very near future. Um, there's two sides to this, really. One is, firstly, the desire to be kept safe. So you know, safeguarding assets is a phrase that's often used in my space, but, but eff effectively get across the line from a compliance perspective safely. And the second, um, is to be efficient and cost effective in what you're doing, which is a lot of what you were alluding to in, in your in your build up. This this latter aspect is becoming more and more relevant day by day uh, as the macroeconomic pressures mount, uh, and many uh, want to stay lean uh, and they don't necessarily want to retain heads, for example, for certain compliance requirements that they do not see as core to the business. Of course, the compliance outcome is core to the business. Um, but the, the execution of, of, say, testing, for example, is not necessarily something that's seen as core. So there is an increase in appetite of many uh, to have others, uh, third parties essentially, execute on components of, or indeed entire compliance arrangements um, in a way that adds value and is cost effective. Uh, and this is where the concept of, um, we certainly are seeing the concept of managed services comes in and can be really helpful. 
So that's a really good um, start to turn on the overview. This seems like a great opportunity to dig into more around how this feels and plays out in practice, which is a great time to bring you Mercedes in. So Mercedes, given Ferroglobe have been working with Richard and our Operate Managed Services team to transform your approach to SOX compliance testing, can you tell the audience a little bit more about how this came about? We have been working together now with uh, PwC for four years to mainly deliver the internal control testing required for our SOX attestations. Three years ago, we moved from a multi-location local team model to a centralized managed service approach. Um, from a risk and business perspective, it was important to us to establish a process which ensured a standardization of the testing process and assured the quality of the testing results. We understood that standardization was key to locking in digitalization as well. To us, uh, digitalization meant efficiency gains, uh, such as better visibility of trends, better ability to monitor, less time spent in testing, and an added process which was uh, less intrusive to Ferroglob. Overall, I think that we have established a much more efficient SOX testing process. That's brilliant, Tim Mercedes. And Richard, do you want to maybe pick up on your perspective on that work? Yeah, I, I, uh, it's been a really interesting journey with Ferroglobe and, and uh, many, in many ways, the language that we used together at the start of this journey was, could, could we simplify, standardize and digitize the way that this program was, was being delivered? And if I could just elaborate on that. So simplify, really what we meant there was, I mean, Mercedes alluded to it, which is, um, it, it's quite it was quite it was quite a multi it was a seven territory model and it was it had many different um control environments that were separate in many ways so actually fundamentally going and looking at what the risk was associated with those controls that were identified and reducing the volume of controls to a more definable level and of course that the, the less you define the the less cost it is to maintain so that simplification was really necessary and then simplification on the program as mercedes said was really important you know if we had uh, one centralized program lead looking at all of the delivery uh, it was obviously going to be more efficient than um, seven different territory leads in 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 each country looking at their own ecosystem if that makes sense the second uh, word i used there was standardize so standardized to an extent means developing a co common taxonomy um, and that allows um, better insights to come through. I think that point insights is really important because if there's a common taxonomy and you can you can then take themes, if you're centrally administering this, you can start to lift themes from, say, um, uh, a testing of an environment in the IT domain within the US, how that looks and compares to the testing of the IT domain in, in Spain, for example. Um, th these were very important outcomes. Um, and then, what that allowed us to do was essentially get from a much more heterogeneous testing system to more of a homogenous um, approach, which was a really important outcome in maintaining and, and driving cost. And then finally, um, digitize. Uh, in many ways, we were very lucky. As Mercedes said, we were four years together on this journey so far. Um, in year two, um, Ferroglobe themselves um, uh, brought on a technology platform, and that allowed us to um, really accelerate the efficiencies because it allowed us to then move in and build 
all of that standardized logic into a common platform, which could look across their, all of their control owners. So in this type of program, there are control owners all over the world in different roles um, and allow us then to actually drive the program in a, a way that had workflow within it. Um, and that final piece, that digitized piece, I think was really the, the, the element that allowed the idea of our centralized managed service, if you like, um, which is delivered through a team in Belfast that we have at PwC, um, that allowed it to be much more powerful. So I think what we saw very quickly was actually there was real beneficial outcomes um, quite early on. So it sounds like across that sort of simplify, standardize, digitize, lots of moving parts with a project like this, um, whether it's business continuity around the day to day or getting all the needed people feeding into the project and working really effectively together. Mercedes, can I come to you? Were there any other areas where you knew getting it right would really help support the success of the overall project? Thinking through to the learning points that we can flag here for other businesses listening. Hmm. So as uh, Richard said already, for us year two was key in terms of transition. We have always perceived uh, PwC as one company. And I think that during the, tra during the transition, PwC Global Network acted as, as such. The transfer of knowledge to the new team was considered key in the program and it was factored in as part of uh, the program. During year two, uh, this is basically the, the year that we moved from the multi-location approach to the centralized uh, testing team, the different PwC components worked collaboratively as one team towards uh, the objectives of have uh, given ourselves as a company. I think that as a, as a result, uh, we were able to move smoothly to the new model and uh, I've not regretted the move. Uh, we always introduced the PwC team as part of uh, Ferroglobe. Uh, as part of Ferroglobe, our team is known as our internal audit testing team and this is basically my testing team. That's great to hear. And Richard, what were the strategic and logistic steps you prioritised to really create that brilliant client experience? I think uh, just a few reflections. I think um, dedication and continuity was really important. Um, a, a lot of this is, you know, it is, it's a people program, right? And it, it involves relationships and nuances. And one thing I would say is the continuity of our team was necessary. Um, uh, you, we couldn't really have this scenario where people were coming in and out as needed. So therefore we actually created a, uh, a very core dedicated team that, had, that were multilingual. Um, having to address different cultural nuances was also important. Uh, program discipline and change management is essential. If we if we implement something like this and do not have you know, quite detailed discipline program um, protocol, then um, there's a risk that things get loose very quickly. And and that's certainly for a, a company like Fairglobe, they 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 definitely valued, I believe, that 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 approach. Uh, and then the other thing that came through quite quickly was to, to develop. Um, dashboards um, um, and, and insights that could actually reassure, hopefully reassure people like Mercedes and, and actually beyond within the organization. And that was allowing us in this very complex um, multi-control testing environment, it allowed us to track very closely the progress um, and, and, and we could then see where were there, where were there spikes, where there were overruns in time. Um, where was their underruns and therefore we were getting gains in the budget and actually tr track both the qualitative effectiveness of the testing itself, but also the progress of the program. Um, and this meant that we were able to react much faster. And it's okay to say that in the, I think it's okay to say that in the first year, 
you know, it was a very multi-territory, very manual spreadsheet driven approach, frankly. Um, and what we did is we fully evolved that into um, a much more dig digitized, but also the, the, the progress, the program visuals and tracking was very much more real time so that we could um, address issues quickly as they, as they rose. So if I pick up on that last point you just made around that complexity, uh, with many multinationals having clearly very complex organisational structures and models and operating on a similar local to local basis, that level of shift to a remote, centralised, managed services approach, I imagine really takes courage and a real willingness to really try something different. So it'd be good to explore that in a bit more detail. Um, and Richard, from the perspective of the team tasked with pushing through that change in how to approach something as core as compliance, what do you think really made the difference? Yeah, it's interesting. As I reflect on where we were together, Mercedes, I, I think it, it was it's a really interesting case study because there was actually a mix of, as I see it, there was there was a business imperative that was a mix of continuous improvement, right, to, to make it more efficient. But there was also a necessity, uh, and by necessity, um, to an extent, I think about co cash and cost of the program. Times had got tougher during um from the first year and some of the dynamics in terms of raw material prices and um escalations meant that the the cash had become king for Ferroglobe. thankfully those alleviate those issues have alleviated over time um uh, but at the time in the second year we really needed to get much more cost conscious and um, so we actually um we both wanted to improve and needed to be creative to an extent and and they say that necessity is the mother of invention, but I think it's probably the, the, to an extent the truth here. But what what I also noted was this did you mentioned the word trust. I really felt it took trust. You know, we already had an established relationship by being, I guess, to an extent, sort of in the trenches of the challenge of the first year together. And, you know, we resolved things together as we went. And this made it much easier. If I was introducing this centralized approach, this managed service approach from day one. Um, to Mercedes and you know, a Madrid-based team, you know, from an from an operation that's based in Belfast, you know, that might have seemed probably a harder idea to grasp. Um, but because we had worked through it together, we had the trust and the history. And 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 I, it's, it may sound a little bit corny, but this pioneering spirit is something I think about. You know, we both went into it saying, "Look, let's take this on. Let's let's learn as we go." Uh, and, and let's sort sort issues out as we go. I, I would I, I would probably say that 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 spirit of trust and um, being as one team was probably the most important principle that I take with me. And hopefully, Mercedes, you'll you'll agree with all of that. Any any reflections to build from your side on that? No, from me, from my side, I think that we're both committed to make it work. And we work together, as Richard said, as one team. And I think that, that is the only way to build trust, be committed and work together. So that's taken us nearly to out of time. But before we wrap up, we really like to end with a single action or piece of advice that our audience can take away to their next board meeting or strategy session. So Mercedes, what would be your top tip for pushing through this sort of change? I think that uh, Ferroglobe was uh, never afraid uh, of the change we managed and understood what was the risk of changing and we knew that the benefit was to improve the service that we as an internal audit function were providing to our company 
we got a good partner to make it work. And well, I think that, uh, as I said before, I would not regret uh, the, the change. I'm very happy with the service. And I think that if I had to suggest what to do to, to change, to take this direction again, I would take it. That's brilliant to hear. And Richard, what's your top tip or piece of advice? Um, this type of arrangement is a partnership and it's long term, ideally. Um, and I would see it as a three year journey, not a one year journey. And that that, that I, it's important to, you know, to, to understand that and to work together to resolve issues as they come. The other thing I would say is that technology um, today can be a great enabler. Uh, I was doing this sort of thing 20 years ago uh, and technology was a bit more clunky then. Uh, it was an on-premise type solution. Today we have cloud-based technologies which actually can be brought in at the front end of these programs to, to, to allow the programs to accelerate. And I'm seeing that as quite cost-effective now compared to uh, in the past. So, so technology is an accelerator and also seeing this as a, a partnership over a longer term than, than one year are probably the two things that I would I would probably advise people to consider. Brilliant. Great place to end on, I think. Thank you both of you for your time and really lifting the lid on what sounds like a fascinating project. Um, and for our listeners, for more information on how managed services is being used to solve complex problems of all sorts, please head to pwc.co.uk forward slash services forward slash execution managed services to find out more. Otherwise, thanks to everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with future episodes. Thanks again and goodbye. Mm-hmm.